Welcome, everybody, to Catfish Weekly, presented by Whiskerwear Apparel, along with Chuck Davison and Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes, and we got a good one tonight. We're going to have Jody Harrison come in with us here in just a minute. We're going to talk about oxygen and live wells and how we do weigh-ins and stuff and how to take care of our fish that we're weighing in and all kinds of stuff. It's going to be an awesome show, but we got a couple of things to go over first. Uh, Doc, how's it going tonight? It's going great here in the Buckeye State. Uh, my Buckeyes won this past weekend. Uh, I didn't think they were going to, but they did win. And I was out on the Ohio River on Saturday and caught a few fish. So, good weekend awesome. for me. Heck yeah, man! Your team wins. You get to you get to catch some fish. All's good in in uh, Ohioville. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing big. Uh, Fifteen pound blue was the biggest that we could conjure up I was, i've been trying for a month to put daniel on a flathead he has never caught a flathead as he's been fishing with me for over almost two years and he's never caught a flathead and he's watched me he's watched me catch two, uh, three 45 pounders so he, he he's having a fit right now so i'm trying to get him on a flathead so well and he's all the time to do it yeah, it's a great time right now waiting on these fish to feed up for, for winter and then flatheads. What do you got over your area, about a month or so or maybe two months before they go dormant? Yeah, about a month or two. It, it all depends on the water temperature. Water exactly. temperature is still at 72 degrees. So oh, they usually might have start, to wait a while then. Yeah, they, they usually start uh, backing off at about 55, uh, maybe a little bit cooler. Right. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you guys get to get out and, and go catch some fish and, and uh, get everything done. I'm still trying to get caught up from being gone that week. It just uh, When you're gone, things just get behind, and it just takes a yeah. while to get them all done back up. But it is yep. what it is. Chuck Davidson, how's it going down in Alabama? Oh, man, roll tide. We kicked butt Saturday night, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ten rolled over. That's all so when does the Buckeyes play the Roll Tides? Probably in the championship. Championship. Oh. <laughs> Man, we'll have a heck of a show that night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if they get together, it's a good game. Yeah, it'll Absolutely. be a good game. It will. What's going on over in your world, Chuck? Um, not a whole lot, man. Just work and sleep, trying to get some time to get out on the water. But – um. We, we've got something going on in the uh, catfish community that uh, I want to make everybody aware of. Springs and his family from Chester, South Carolina, uh, they need our prayers. After being in uh, remission from a former bout with cancer that he fought hard, um, you know, they, they've now found some in uh, Terrence's liver. He was in surgery today, and I hadn't heard any news from that, but... Um, if ever wanted to get on your Facebook page and just blow his Facebook page up, you know, and tell him that, you know, he's on our minds and everything, I know he would love that. So uh, look Tarek Springs up on Facebook and um, tell him to get well. Uh, Need him out of water. We got to take his money. That's, yeah. So, you know, he's a. The more <laughs> Terrence is a really, really fine guy. I, 
you know, we, he's at uh, Winter Blues. He goes to Monsters on the Ohio just about every year, and I know he wasn't there this year, and that may have something to do with it. But he's the same man. Every time you see him, he can't wait to shake your hand and visit with you and talk about catfishing and uh, whatever else. And, and there's not a better guy in the world uh, to be around. And, and uh, anybody that, that would, would do that, just jump on there and, and uh, wish him well wishes and and say a little prayer for him because we need terrence back out here uh seeing us all at these tournaments and things because he's a great guy and and we need to keep those guys coming to these tournaments and stuff to uh make the sport survive oh yeah man i hadn't met a, a nicer guy since you know since i've been fishing me and leanne met him at our first tournament with monsters de ohio um uh, pre-fish and he was one of the first people we met down there and it was, um, you know, Jeffrey Smith, his buddy, you know, Jeffrey, you know, he's all, he's all tore up on this cause you know, they've been friends yeah. for a long time and, um, uh, you know, that's his buddy. So this is really hitting him hard too, but you know, well, they fish Leanne, together a lot. Yes. A lot. And, um, uh, you know, Jeffrey and Terrence was the first person me and Leanne met down there a couple of years ago. And we sat there and talked to him for about two hours before we even got boats in the water. But yeah, man, we need to uh, get you well, Terrence. I know. You, I hope you're watching right now. If you are, that means everything's going really good. So uh, get back on the water, man. We need you. Absolutely, absolutely. Great guy, great guy. We need to we need to make sure everybody sends old Terrence a message because I, I miss him. Uh, I missed him at Monsters this year. You know, you're looking around, and I remembered he told me he wasn't coming, but he sends me a message on Facebook every once in a while just to talk and shoot the bull. And, uh, you know, if you ever get a chance where you're in a tournament and you're locking through at a dam, you want to tie up next to old Terrence. And, uh, I mean, he's a hoot. He's just a lot of fun to be around, and, and we sure want him to get well, well and, and get back on with things. You know, he made the Mississippi River Monster Tournament, though. <laughs> You know, they were there at that. They did? Yes. Oh, they, that's uh, right. Yeah, I've never seen there. Yeah, they, uh, I mean, right, I mean, way in wasn't him all the way over yet, I don't think, and they were on the road heading back. Yeah. So they didn't get yeah, hang well. around too long. So, yeah, he was there. So he made that. That was a pretty long voyage for him from South Carolina. Absolutely, because he's way out there, way out there. Well, fellas, we got Jody Harrison on with us tonight, and we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. Jody, how's it going? It's going good. Going good. Just glad to be here. Heck yeah, yeah man. <laughs> you uh, you have really made uh, an impression on me and the whole catfishing industry with the stuff that you got going on with Fish Life. And, and uh, personally, I want to thank you for all the stuff that you're doing. I mean, uh, I, I know that you're not doing the oxygen systems at this present time, but that was an outstanding product that you had going, as is all the chemical stuff that you have to help the fish with bleeding and and uh, keep the, the scales packed on bait and different things. And, and uh, man, it's, it's just an awesome deal, all the stuff you got going on right now. And, and even uh, as far as doing the tournaments, but, you know, I, before I turn you over to these guys, I'm going to tell you something, and you and I talked earlier today, but this tool that you got that measures oxygen in live wells, and you've already told me the story, but that is an impressive thing to work. If you've got fish in a live well and you're on the line of whether you need to put oxygen to them or not, you can stick that in there and test the oxygen levels of that thing. Uh, somebody 
and, and it might as well be you needs to invent one of them affordable <laughs> enough for the average guy to keep in his boat and we, we probably wouldn't hardly ever lose a fish well i tell you any, anybody that's running oxygen they, they definitely need it it's, it's called a dissolved oxygen meter you know, a lot of people just call it do meter for short but um you know them things you know brand new you're looking you know five hundred seven hundred thousand dollars a piece but uh you can get on ebay and get them things very affordable um i got two of them myself i bought both of them on ebay and i think i got them for about a hundred bucks a piece and um you know i got in touch with the people with the manufacturers of them of the uh meters and i had to buy some little parts for it or something uh, you know it, information is knowledge i mean you know if, if you, the more information you can get the better off you are and mm -hmm. if you're running oxygen and get you get you a dissolved oxygen meter get you a do meter to where you know what's going on inside that light bulb and uh, a dissolved oxygen meter and a thermometer one little cheap pool thermometers that just float around in the water right um, get you one of them and you know we tell everybody that ideal water temperature is five to seven degrees below uh, lake water temperature or river water temperature, you know, surface, yeah, surface, surface temperature, right? Because you know, a lot of times, you know, the fish are coming up, you know, from a lot deeper water than what you're getting on, on the surface. So, you know, if you can try to kind of match that water that they're coming from, uh, it'll make that live well just so much more healthy. Now, now Jody, I've got a, I got a little question for you about that. It, do you see a time in the in our near future where uh, live wells will come out with with an oxygen meter and a temperature meter built into the live well so where you can just look down and see this stuff like you would an engine light uh def definitely at the moment because they, you know that to that you know that's real simple technology there exactly um, you know definitely thermometer i don't see that being, a, being an issue at all oxygen meters uh i don't know there it did tell you it'd have to take somebody to do it to do that you know, there's just so much more technology behind it. Right. But, uh, well, you know, sure an impressive tool. They are. It really is. And, and you can learn a lot about it. I mean, that, that's what, you know, the amazing part of it is, is that um, you just learn so much by using that meter and, you know, knowing what's going on inside that light bulb. Right. Right. Well, if you're like me, you got the lid open all the time, making sure them babies are okay when you got them in there. <laughs> That's right. Mine, yeah. mine, me, my fish and me become very personal yeah. when they hit that live well because I sure don't want to ever lose them. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and, but that's another thing that you know, a lot of people don't know is is opening and closing that live well does a world of good too. Because yeah. if, you, if you leave that live well shut, the carbon dioxide, you know, you got the surface of the water than the top of the live well lid, where you got that dead space in there. That dead space. It'll build up with carbon dioxide, it'll build up with ammonia gas, it'll build up with heat. And you know, a lot of times your aerator's running, that little old dead space right there is the only place it's got to pick up air. So if that air is stale and it's just full of carbon dioxide and full of ammonia gas, all it's doing is putting it right back in the water. So, That's you, right. so you need to be opening that lid and releasing those gases and all and releasing that heat and letting fresh air back in there. Well, that's one thing my fish gets plenty of opening up because <laughs> if they're of any size, I'm going to make sure they get what they need if I can give it to them. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's listen. 
uh, I'm going to let Chuck ask you some questions. I know I can see it. A look in his eyes. He's got a list of stuff he wants to go over with you. He's and got- then we'll, we'll turn you over to Doc and let Doc go through some stuff. So I can see Chuck, he just can't wait. So we'll yeah, go he's got that itchy look in his eyes. Don't <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. There you go, Chuck. How are you doing, Chuck? Good, man. Uh, at the uh, River, Mississippi River Monster Tournament, you know, they had, I think that was the lady from Bass Pro Shop taking the uh, samples of everybody's live oil. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. She was, uh, uh, had a lady there from Bass Pro Shops, and then also uh, we had Daniel there, Daniel Parsons. Um, I think he was going around, too, and helping out with um, the portable oxygen systems, trying to help put, uh, oxygen and the ones laying live wells that didn't happen but was she collecting data for anything when she was doing this yeah she was uh documenting everything as a matter of fact i've been intending on getting back with her and kind of seeing you know what what kind of information they built from that but, but yeah she was definitely collecting information and, uh, yeah, i wonder if that was something that uh george john jr and bill dance had her doing so they can have a better, uh, more successful release uh, in the future. Actually, I think it was Bass Pro that was doing it. Bass Pro was doing it. Yeah, I believe so. I, you know, I don't know that to be for sure, but yeah, I believe I, it was Bass Pro doing it. That's pretty interesting. I've never seen that study going on before, and uh, you know that was that was really sharp them doing that, and you know it, it made everybody more aware of how important that you know that oxygen level is in that water, especially these long weigh-in lines that we get in and these uh, trailering events where sometimes we're driving 30 minutes back you know then sitting another hour in the weigh-in line maybe longer right long time for those fish to be in that water without fresh water circulating right yeah you know i mean as long as you're putting some oxygen back in the water you know it it helps out a lot you know you're sitting there in those weigh-in lines um but you're right. The good thing about it was is with her walking around, she was able to tell the anglers at that point, your oxygen levels are 30% or your oxygen levels is 100%. And I was talking to somebody and they said that uh, one of them was like almost 200%. You know, they're really just pouring a lot of oxygen to it. And um, so that, you know, they, that kind of goes back to if, if you're running oxygen and you can get you a dissolved oxygen meter, then you know what's going on there. Right. But but yeah, she uh yeah, she was documenting everything and we, we definitely need to find out what uh, where that information went and what it was used for. But um I'll tell you that I mean I was really impressed with, with uh, Bass Pro with what they were doing and also the uh Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency that was uh there helping us get the fish back to the water. I mean them guys were phenomenal. I mean we have never had that kind of uh, help from a state agency like we did then, and uh, you know th- those guys were just great to work with, and uh, you know and before the weigh-in, you know we really had a lot of time to sit and talk to those guys, and you know they were really impressed with what we were doing, and we were really impressed with what they were doing, and you know so it was it, it benefited everybody, you know being able to work together like that. Yeah, I, I was really glad to see that you know getting into catfishing like that. I'd like to see, you know. Every tournament be be uh, you know that take care of the fish that well have the, have the right equipment to get them back in. Uh, can, well, can you t- can you tell us about your live well treatments and and how that helps uh, 
you know, by putting it, that in the water? Yeah, uh, the, the live well treatments that we got, I mean, first of all, kind of give you just a real brief history on it. You know, I, de I developed that, the live well treatment over the course of about seven years. And it came from all of the tournaments that we ran over the years. We was always working on this stuff behind the scenes. And uh, it came about because I used everything on the market. And I just didn't feel like that we were getting the performance out of a live well treatment that we should have been getting. So, uh, you know, I started doing a lot of reading up on it, a lot of research. And so we started testing uh, different mixtures and all until we finally settled on what we what we've got now, which, uh, you know, this is this is our live well treatment here. And uh, it's available at Modern Dwellers Tackle. Uh, David Ashby's carrying it in his store. And, uh, you know, the biggest one of the biggest things that this does is really it promotes that slime coat. It promotes the growth of that slime coat on the fish because that is the number one barrier against any kind of damage to that fish is the slime coat. And then also, if there's any kind of bleeding going on with it, it helps stop the bleeding. It treats any wounds that the fish may have. Um, when you use our treatments, it actually it'll form a microscopic barrier inside the live well. And that way, you're not getting the direct abrasion between the fish and the, and the sides of your live well you know it actually creates a coating on it to where it makes them slide by the uh, by the well so much easier if there's any kind of chemicals in the water uh, it, it neutralize helps neutralize the chemicals it helps neutralize ammonia now don't think now i'm not going to sit here and say that it neutralizes all the ammonia in the water i don't want anybody thinking that just because they put that in there they don't have to worry about it but it does help neutralize ammonia. But you still need to open, you know, open that lid like we talked about earlier, release the gases, and then depending on how many fish you got in that live well, you definitely need to be flushing your water, you know, every two, three, four hours or something like that to help get rid of that fish waste. And, um, you know, because the fish is no different than we are. You know, when you get stressed out, you get nervous, you know, your, your, your stomach can get upset. I mean, you know how you feel. You get that old sick feeling and everything else. Well, fish react the same way. And when it does, you know, it makes them release that waste into the water. And they're going to be releasing more than normal because they're, you know, they're upset. They're, um, you know, stressed out and everything else. So, you know, ammonia is a very big deal. But our product does help, um, help neutralize some of that ammonia. And also, there's an additive in it that helps calm the fish. You know, fish jumping around, bouncing inside of a live well, they can hurt themselves. So, you know, there is an additive in there that helps calm the fish down and, um, you know, makes them relax a little bit to where they're not jumping around so much in there. And then also it adds, uh, you know, electrolytes to the water. You know, basically how, you know, you see the, the, the drinks that's advertised for us. I mean, it adds electrolytes to the water. To help keep the fish healthy in that closed environment. So, um, you know, it's a good product. It's it's something that I can say without any doubt that I know it works. Anybody that uses our products, you know, they come back with that. They all say, I mean, Lyle, Lyle can match for them also. They, our products work. Yep. And it's something that, you know, by God, I'm, I'm proud of. I'm proud to, to be able to offer a product that makes a difference in, in the conservation of the fish. So, right. yeah, and, uh, 
And then we also, you know, we offer a bait saver, which is it's along the same lines. The recipe is a little bit different, but uh, you know, it's a bait saver to help keep shad and you know, any other kind of live bait that you use alive. And then uh, one of the really cool products we got is our first aid drink. And um, you know what it's for is if you've got a bleeding fish, you can pour this first aid treatment on it. It'll stop the bleeding. It, it's a coagulant. It's a coagulant. And, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how many fish because of that, because of the first aid treatment. And, uh, so you know the, the three products really work well together, and you know I feel like it really made a difference in, in you know sport fishing in general. Okay, if, if I'm out on a really hot, hot day and uh, I'm putting, uh, you know, gallons uh, of a frozen milk jug of water into my live well and I cut the plastic off and I just let that big chunk of ice float, is that enough chlorine in that chunk of city water to do any damage to a fish, you know, 50 to 1? Um, would that be something you'd have to worry about? Not really. I mean, you know, there's been there's been studies done on it. Uh, you know, I, I believe that uh, that Bassmaster done a, a big study, a real big study on that, and their their findings were that there wasn't enough chlorine in the water uh, to make a difference on it. Okay, so if, if, you, if you just use plain ice, throwing them in your lab well to, to kind of cool your water off, you're not hurting anything by putting that chlorinated ice in there. No, no, there, there's not enough chlorine in the water to really matter, especially the size live wells that you guys have. You know, you're talking these, you know, 50, 80 gallon wells that the guys are running, and no, uh, you're not getting enough chlorine in there to really hurt anything. Now, the one thing about it is, though, is that, you know, using milk jugs or something like that is better than using crushed ice because that, that frozen chunk, that frozen block will stay in there a lot longer. Than the uh, crushed ice will, and it, it slow you know it slows the it, it don't cool the water down so fast. And, um, but, uh, one thing to remember though is, you know, when you got them big chunks of ice in there, you know, when you're running down the river or something else, you know, be aware that they're in there to make sure that the ice isn't big fish. Right. So, I, have you studies on uh, temperature shock? When you actually putting a fish out of one temperature into another temperature, that's dramatically a big difference. Have you did studies on that? You know, the, the looks like I kind of touched on earlier. The, the ideal temperature that you want is five to seven degrees. You know, you want to be five to seven degrees below the surface water of the temperature, but, but the surface temperature of the water, because you, you do uh, take the risk of shocking the fish if it's too cold. Yeah, what what usually what happens to the fish when you shock them like that? Why is it so dangerous? Well, I mean, it'll just it'll it'll throw them in the shock is what it will do. <clears throat> you know, here a few years ago on the uh, the bass side of things, I believe it was Aaron Martins. He was fishing one of the big Bassmaster Classics, and he had a five fish limit in as well, and um, and was I believe he was in contention for the lead, and uh, he dumped too much ice in there. And because it cooled down so fast, and he put so much in there, threw the fish in the shock, killed every one of them, and uh, you know, he ended up losing all the fish because of it. Great. So, so, uh, so throwing a, a big temperature shock on on a fish, real dramatic like that, can kill them in a heartbeat. Yes, it, it can kill them. Definitely can. I mean, you know, so 
you know, like like you said, gallon milk jugs is a great way to do it because it's a slower um, a slower drop in temperature, and then plus the ice will last longer being a solid water. Great. Uh, you, you got any more products that you're uh, thinking about coming out with here in the near future? Well, I tell you, man, I mean, you know, it, we really learned a lot at Memphis. Memphis was a great tournament for us and uh, gave us the opportunity to really, you know, see some things that was needed. And, you know, uh, when the Owensby's brought their, their fish in, their big fish that they won the tournament with, it was struggling. The, the fish was definitely struggling, and uh, uh, we put it in our big tank out, out in the back, and the fish was wanting to roll. And you know, we, we were holding on to the fish, we were trying, you know, messing with him, but he kept rolling. And when the fish start rolling like that, a lot of times that's a, an indication that his swim bladder is full of air. And uh, so I told one of my guys, I said, "Go up there." I said, "Get a handful of our clips and bring them right down here." Now, this is the fin clips that, you know, has been real, this worked real well, you know, with bass and crappie that we've done in other tournaments. And what this does is, you know, a lot of times we give fish a lot more credit than they give us. You know, a, you know, a fish, really all it knows is it wants to eat, it wants to reproduce, and it wants to swim upright. Well, when a fish is rolled over on its back, a fit, it will literally kill itself trying to roll back over. It'll use all of its energy trying to roll back over because that's all it knows is that it's supposed to swim upright. So we'll use these fin clips, and um, what it does is it rights the fish upright and it pushes it down in the bottom of, the, of your live room. And this way the fish isn't struggling. The fish isn't just constantly trying to roll back over, and it gives the swim bladder a chance to deflate naturally on its own. So when their fish was in the tank, it kept exhibiting signs of being full of air. So we we put him in there, you know, like I said, you know, this fish was 70 pounds. That was a 70 pound fish. So we, you know, these little old clips that, that we've got, they're one ounce a piece. Well, we put four on each fin. And, um, you know, so basically had four, you know, four ounces of fin clips on each one of his fins. Well, the fish, you know, got upright. He, you know, sunk to the bottom of the tank, and we just left him alone. You know, we, the, the tank was treated with our products. We were pouring oxygen to the water, and um, and we had the fin clips on it. And then by the end of the day, the fish had actually started swimming around the tank, which is what you want. You know, when they start swimming and they're they're you know appearing to be healthy, that's when everything is working right. When the fish isn't doing real good, it'll just want to sit there. It'll just want to just roll over. So, uh, so anyway, that showed us that these fin clips do work very well on catfish. So, once I got back here, yeah, I started messing around a little bit, and uh, we're actually have come up with this new new fin clip here. And what this is is a three ounce weight, and we're going to uh, market this specifically as. Fin, you know, the catfish fin clips is what we're going to do. And uh, I've talked to David Ashby at Bottom Dweller's Tackle, and he's going to carry them. And, and I really believe that, you know, you guys keep these in your boats, and you'll start seeing a difference uh, anytime you get a fish in trouble. And, um, you know, you put a clip on them, you leave them alone. You get back to fishing, you do back, get back to what you need to do. 
you know, because, you know, in a, in a tournament situation, you know, you guys have only got so long to fish, and you need to be fishing. You don't need to be sitting there constantly fooling with the fish. And that's where these fin clips work so well is you can just clip them and leave them alone, and more often than not, it'll uh, it'll say it'll, you know, allow that swim bladder to deflate naturally on its own and fish will be in good shape and you can keep fishing and, uh, you know, all in all, everything turns out better. Hmm. So, That'd be interesting. Yeah. All right, Jody, I'm, I'm going to pass you on to Doc. I know he's got a load of stuff to talk to you about and I could, I could, uh, I could talk to you about another five hours. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, Turn you over there to Doc and let him ask you some stuff. Well, Chuck, you local man, what? You just need to ride over here one day and hang out with me. I'll put you to work. I'll put you to work in the basement. Uh, you know, while you work, we can talk. There you oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> well, here on uh, YouTube, Trapper Two Thirty Four just posted. Uh, fish Life helped us at the uh, MRM with one of our fish that was not doing good while in the way in line. Said thanks much. I have since purchased and installed an oxygen system in my 80-gallon live well. So always nice to see somebody, you know, posting something like that. Yeah, it is great. I, you know, I tell you, I, you know, every day, you know, I get an email or I get a Facebook message or I get a phone call from somebody and you know, telling us that, you know, the products are working well. And you know, I, I can't tell you that this is the sense of pride that I have when people tell me that, you know, what we're doing works. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, we just we believe so much in the conservation of the sport that you know it, it's just great to see it, uh, see the stuff working. I mean, we love it. And, uh, and I tell you, I mean, just as a shout out to the anglers that I've seen in the catfish world. I mean, man, I tell you, I mean, I just give props to all of the anglers out there that goes you know so far to take care of the fish. I mean, I was so impressed when I first. Uh, got into the catfishing world of, of what all these guys are doing, man. And I tell you what, I mean, it's awesome. The guys doing a great job. Good deal. Okay, so let's go back to the dissolved oxygen. What is the minimum and maximum levels we need to be looking at? If we've got one of these meters, what's the minimum we should be? You should not, to, in, in my opinion, you shouldn't be below 50%. Okay, what about the upper limit? Does it matter? Yes, it, you know, you want 100% saturation. Okay. 100% saturation. Now, one thing to remember is, is that anytime you're running oxygen, you need to be running aerators too. Because even if, if you're not running aerators, you can't over-oxygenate a fish. You can get too much oxygen in that water, and it can, it can actually burn their gills. Okay. But if you're running aerators in there, the mariators turning that water will alleviate any over oxygenation uh, that you could run across. Okay. So if you're running an oxygen system, you definitely need to be running mariators too. Okay. And uh, okay. You know, about uh, 50 to 100 percent is what I'd be looking for on the DO. Yeah. Now, now for years, I you know I've told people that, and I've checked you know a lot. I've been in tournaments for a lot of years, and I always looked at the eyes of the fish. A lot of times the eyes would tell me whether a fish was in trouble or not. They start getting a little cloudy. If they're not bright looking, then that fish is in trouble. Right. Yeah, yeah. The eyes definitely tell a lot. Uh, the gills tell a lot. 
you know, if, if, if the gills start losing that, you know, that deep red color they got, then, you know, they're, they're, they're in trouble. There's, uh, yeah. You know, you need to be doing something quick and hopefully it, you didn't wait too long. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the fin weights, that's pretty interesting uh, concept there. So what you're saying is if we can keep that fish in that upright position like he's normally used to being, then he'll be okay. And if he's suffering from an overinflated swim bladder, yes. Right. If that's what's wrong with him, uh, yes. It'll definitely help because, you know, that swim bladder, you know, inflates and deflates naturally on its own. Right. According to the depth of the water that they're in. So, you know, if you're fishing, you know, 30 foot of water, and you know, you pull him up real quick, that swim bladder hasn't had enough time to deflate. To deflate, yeah. So he's in your live well with a full belly of air so he's going to keep rolling over and he'll, he'll keep fighting that trying to make yourself you know get back up right 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 yeah and and that's what you know a lot of people that they just kind of horse them into the boat right. rather than uh, letting them come up slow uh, nothing better than seeing a lot of bubbles coming up right at the boat just yeah. before you net them you know right. you know they're going to be in good shape then yeah yeah, but we get excited. We get excited. And we, oh, yeah. We lay into them. By God, we're, you know, we're cranking and whining. We're, you know, wanting to see what it is. And, you know, we we forget about that. And, yeah. But as long as you're aware of it, there's things you can do. Right. Yeah. Especially when it's a big tail. When you see oh, a big yeah. tail break the surface. <laughs> so. Yeah. So. All, all your good sense goes out the window. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, your live well treatment, I knew, I noticed when you held the bottle up, it, it treats like 400 gallons. So you're, you're only talking, what, a cap full of stuff that you're putting in a live well or what? Yeah, well, you know, this bottle, you know, is it's got this chamber over here. Okay. So you squeeze the bottle, fill it up. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, it's like a state bill bottle. Yeah. You know, but this is a half ounce chamber is what it is. One ounce treats up to 50 gallons. Okay. All right. All right. So, yeah, you can just squeeze it up in there, and it'll fill that chamber up, and just put two of them, you know, for up to 50 gallons or, you know, 100 gallons. Another question we get a lot of times is, is that can you over-treat the water with our products? And the answer is no. You really can't over-treat okay. them. Another question we get is a lot of people running oxygenators. And, um, you know, they, they've always advertised that if you're running oxygenators, you can only use their, uh, their live well treatment. And uh, ours is safe. Ours is safe to use with oxygenators. And um, so that's something else you do not have to worry about. It's been tested extensively with them, and it has no problem at all with them. That's those, like, 12-volt pucks that you hook up in the wells? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah I've, I've seen some of the. I think some of the sea arcs are coming um, from the factory with them. I think you can special order them. Yeah. And, uh, get them on that. So, but uh, but yeah, I mean, one, one ounce treats up to fifty gallons. And, uh, okay. You know, and we can get that. Our first aid treat Sir. And we can get that at bottom drawers. Mm -hmm. Bottom dwellers tackle. He's he's carrying all of our chemicals down. Okay. And, uh, I haven't. I haven't. I'm going to be sending him. 
I'm gonna be sending him those fin clips too. Okay. And, uh, okay. So he he should have them available within the next couple of weeks. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I'm interested in getting some of that stuff. I never, you know, I I'm still using batter bait from the bay, that kind of stuff. And I still use the old live well treatments. So I'm really interested in seeing what yours will do. Well, I tell you what, Doc, uh, shoot me a message or email or something with your your address and I'll load it. And I'll send you out some. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. It's like I tell anybody, you know, if you if you just try our product one time, I, I guarantee you, you'll be back looking for more. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, Trapper 234 just, just posted on the very great I just checked your and they do have the yeah, other Good. Yeah. Yeah. They are on there. They got, uh, they got numerous. I, I think mine. I think mine is a is a YSI brand. Uh, I'd have to get it out to see that. I think it's a YSI, and their their factory. You know, sometimes you feel a little funny calling them people. Hey, man, I just bought a huge meter. And, you know, can you help me out with it? You worry if you know that they're going to act a certain way, but yeah. they were they were helpful as they could be. I mean, they were the guy I talked to was. You know, he didn't act like he had an attitude because I didn't buy a brand new meter from him. So. Right, right. They, they were, you know, my my experience with them was good. Okay, cool. Because a lot of them, a lot of the meters, I got the tips on them. It's got to be changed every so many times you use it, or, and you got to calibrate it with, uh, I think, distilled water is what you got to calibrate them with, and you know, they get you can get a whole book of instructions that tells you how to use. It. Every time we use it, I got to get the book out. <laughs> my, my poor brain just my poor brain just can't keep up with all that stuff anymore. Yeah, great man. It sounds like you got some really great product. Appreciate you doing that. that that's nice. Well, I mean, I, I man, I tell you, I just I'm proud of them. I love that it's making a difference and everything. You know, it's always good when you can say without a doubt that I know my products work. You know, it's not some pro standing up there saying that you should be using this or some commercial on TV saying it. I mean, this. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I guarantee it works. I'll, I offer a hundred percent money back guarantee. I mean, if you're if you're not happy with it, call me up, and I'll you know I'll give you your money back. Okay. Uh, cool deal. I make my phone number readily available to anybody. So, well, it's, it's not like I'm trying to hide behind anything with it. I mean, I'm upfront, honest with all. Of them. Okay. So, That's all I got. All right. Hey. Uh, Jody, can you turn the volume down just a little on your speaker? On my speaker? Yeah, we're getting we're getting a little feedback. How's that? Is that any better? Yeah. Uh, yes, a little, quite a lot, <laughs> actually. It seemed like it was gaining. It started out we didn't have any feedback at all, and then the longer it went on, the more we was getting. You know, okay. I, I I've been using the joke. Well, that's okay. That's fine. We, uh, you and I talked earlier, and, and I've been using your product most of the summer. And and this stuff, from keeping the scales on bait to stopping them from bleeding if you get one that's that's hooked wrong, uh, to keeping the slime coat on and 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 helping these fish in a live well, uh, I'm really impressed. I mean, this stuff works, and it works like you say it does. And 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 there's other products that do too. But but this stuff is really really good, and uh, I don't know how you're supposed to use it. Maybe I should have read the instructions. But whenever <laughs> I go out 
uh, I squeeze your your deal like you were showing a while ago, and, and uh, use the the uh, amount that I'm going to use, and I put it in the bottom of the live well, and then as the water fills up, it just kind of mixes it up, and uh, you know you don't have to worry about it, and and uh, the way the the live well works on that monster cat. Uh, Every once in a while, you know, it turns on and it pushes old water out and puts new water in. And uh, if I get a bunch of fish early in the morning, then I just put uh, another ca another squeeze full uh, in uh, about halfway through the term. And I've never had any trouble whatsoever with these fish since I've been using this stuff. It's really impressive. Well, thank you. I mean, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, vouching for the product like that. It means the world to me, you know, having you speak that highly of it. Well, it's you know if it's good product, it's a good product, and and uh, this stuff is I'm I'm really impressed with it now. Uh, you know, you guys was talking about this dissolved oxygen meter. Um, I I couldn't believe it when then people come down through there in the way in line and and they was checking the oxygen level in these systems in these boats and and some of these guys have got really really elaborate oxygen setups in their boats and some of them don't have anything other of them just use uh, little aeration deals and uh, I've ne had never seen one of them before and that is one of the most impressive things that I ever seen and then when they'd shove that oxygen in there and give them guys a shot to help them the survival rate of these fish uh, you're setting a precedent for for uh, future tournaments down the road that these other guys are going to have to step up to because that's the way it should be done uh, to work as hard as you guys did down in Memphis to try to uh, preserve these fish so they can be released in a healthy state. Right, and that's you know that's what fish life is all about. I mean, you know we, you know we want to, you know protect these fish and you know just do everything we can to preserve them for future generations. You know, I mean, you know this is a blessing from God, and you know it's it's our responsibility to take care of them. And um, you know and if we don't take care of them, they're not going to be here. But well, if you, that's if you do, true. If you do right and you treat these fish right. And you could essentially catch these same fish over and over and over. And they That's right. Catch them, they breed, they make more. And but you know, it's, it's you know, an angler has got to be responsible. It all goes back to the angler. You know, it, it yep. don't matter what I'm doing in the tournament section of it. You know, I can do everything that I know to do at the tournament. But if I if I don't get the fish in good shape, then there's nothing I can do about it. You know, I, I can't bring a fish back from the dead. So it, it, <laughs> no. it, it all starts with the angle. That, that's a very true, yeah. very true. Claude Reynolds had sent me a message on our chat that says to let you know he hadn't forgot about you and he didn't have a chance to get the tank and get it ready before Monsters on the Ohio. So don't don't count him out. And then he uh, he uh, wanted to know uh, on a hundred gallon tank where's a good starting place to set the regulator. Normally, on a, if he's running a flow meter, is what he should be running. So probably around 0 0.4, 0 0.5 is what you're looking at. You know, the main thing is, is that you don't, you want them bubbles, all coming off that stone to rise as slowly as possible. You know, you want it to look like smoke coming up off that uh, stone. You know, and if you got the pressure too high, it's going to be pushing them up a lot faster than they need to go. But you want them to run to rise real slow. Because what that does, it gives them, it gives the oxygen inside them bubbles more time to saturate in the water. 
if the bubble goes right. out real fast, well, all the oxygen just goes right up inside the bubble and pops out the top. So you want small, slow bubbles. And that is the, uh, the you know, the best thing for saturating that water. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I, I honestly uh, think the best place to start, anybody that's not used to using oxygen, uh, I personally would recommend that they start at the lowest setting on their regulator. Right. And give, because, it, yeah, give it time to come up. Right. Exactly. Because, I, I, you know, people a lot of times think, well, a little bit's good, more's better. And that's not always the case. You can burn them with that. Yeah, and, and it's not. You know, you, you want small, slow bubbles is what you want. Now, now that's you and I, you know, just remember that big bubbles are bad, small bubbles are good. That's, that's very true. You and I talked earlier about the oxygen system that you had uh, been promoting through Fish Life, and, and you had told me that you discontinued this, and uh, – because you couldn't, didn't feel like you could give people a, a great product at a fair price, you thought that it was costing too much to produce these. Is there any chance down the line that you're going to be looking into to doing this again? Well, I'll tell you, what I'm going to do is, is that, you know, in, in an oxygen system, the tank is just a tank. There's nothing special about a tank. The regulator is just a regulator. There's nothing special about it. There's nothing special about the tank. Nothing special about the hose. What makes the difference is the stone. The, the stone is what makes the difference. So, you know, I'm I'm working with a, the ma a manufacturer right now, and I'm trying my best to get these stones down to a reasonable price. And but you know, the, the stones is what makes the difference. You know, uh, ideally, in the bottles, I, I'm just I, you know. Kind of what you touched on is that, you know, I, I came out with these systems, we put it out there, and I just, I did not feel like, they, they were too expensive is what it was. They, they were too expensive, and it, it isn't something that everybody could afford. And I just, I did not feel right selling them, you know, because I can, I can tell you how to build a system for half the price of what we were charging for. And, you know, and then that's what I'm saying is that the parts are just parts. That's all they are. They're nothing special. But the stones is what makes the difference. So I'm, I'm still working on that. Uh, hopefully 30 days, 60 days, something like that, I'll have a deal worked out to where you know, we'll be able to sell them at a, a fair price. You know, I mean, I could sell them before, but they were just, they were crazy expensive. I just, I didn't feel right about it. You know, I'm a, I'm a. You know, I'm a Christian man. I'm a, I really believe in, you know, that, that God tells us certain things. And I really felt like God was telling me I didn't need to be fooled with them. And that, you know, we were just, you know, it was something we didn't need to do at the price point that we were at. So, uh, so anyway, we're, we're working on the stones, and that's what we're going to concentrate on. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, now, when we was down at the Catfish Conference, Chuck come up with something that you had uh, – hooked him up with down there was a mounting bracket to mount these tanks with that again is an outstanding piece i i'd never seen one built any better that looked any nicer that i thought would do the job it's sort of like the brackets that we used to use on race cars to hold the nitrous bottles in place so if something happened they wasn't slinging around all through the car you know and, and that 
was an impressive mounting bracket. I don't know if you are still uh, dealing with those or not, but they are really cool. Yeah, they are. You know, I mean, that, that was, the, you know, the you know, safety, is it needs to be the biggest thing, first and foremost. You know, when you're fooling with these auction systems, you've got to have a safe way to mount these balls, you know. And, and some of the guys' boats that I was looking at, I mean, you know, they got them wired in. I think I saw a couple zip tied in, and one was just laying in the bottom of the boat. And, you know, that, that's not safe. That's not the safe way to do it. But these brackets, what, what, those, what these brackets are, you can get on eBay, and they're fire extinguisher brackets. And uh, search for uh, Amorex, Amorex brand, A-M-E-R-E-X, Amorex brand. And I think it's uh, model number 809 is what it is. And um, uh, Zorro Tools. Is I think the cheapest that I was able to find on eBay, and uh, you can buy them individually through them at a fair price. I think you can get them for about fifty bucks through them, and it is an adjustable bracket. And um, um, you know, measure your, you know, the auction ball you got, measure it, and make sure that it'll fit. But I, I believe it's it's Amorex eight oh nine was the uh, the uh, model number for those brackets. And then that way you'll be able to mount your model safely in your boat and we won't have no accidents out there on board. Good. Uh, I know you you brought that numbers and stuff up. Rob Rossi's already got a link on our chat. So anybody can just click on that and go right to them and find them. So, uh, you know, I, I, that was, I was really impressed with that. But, you know, everything that you deal with so far that I've seen, and I'm sure everything's like that, is very high quality and, and very professional. And uh, the next thing I want to talk to you about is, is these tournaments and weigh-ins and things like that. As, uh, I know you've been doing the bass stuff for quite some time. Uh, the, the catfish industry – has really taken off in into competitive catfishing. Is this something that you're really going to be looking forward to in the next few years? If I have my way, I'm probably going to back. I'm going to back out of bass fishing a long way and really focus on the catfishing. That's what I want to do. Because I just, you know, that's what I say. I've just been so impressed. I've been so impressed with the people. I've been so impressed with the fish. You know, and it's, <clears throat> I love it. You know, I got hooked. I got hooked right there with it. One of them big old circle hooks got me. And, you know, I love it. I mean, it, it is just so much fun. You know, we're going to be doing, uh, you know, the winter blues on Wheeler, December 31st. And, yeah, you know, me and Daniel kind of hooked up together. Um, you know, I was, while I was telling you about this earlier, I and mean, what my plan is, is that I got one of those big 20 by 20 tents. I'm going to set that tent up down there at winter blues and, I'm going to make it a VIP area, and I'm going to invite local officials, you know, from these other lakes, from, from Lake Guntersville, from Wilson Lake, you know, all these other lakes. I'm going to invite them out there because I want them to see what's really going on here, that, that this this movement is something that's for real, and that, you know, you just, you know, that this ain't like holding up a six-pound mask. I mean, no. you, know, you, you guys catch something that you say, oh, that's old junk fish. Man, that junk fish is still impressive. So, but I yeah. think I think these local officials need to be seeing this—that it is a legitimate, credible well, segment of the sport. 
and and you and the officials you're talking about and everything else we're still on the bottom end of where cat fishing's going so if they want to get involved and get uh to see things how it's going to be down the road now's the time to be involved with catfishing before it gets out of hand to where everything you do costs so much money that the average person or town or whatever can't afford to be involved with it and, and let's face it that's sort of where bass fishing's at now you got to have the right town the right people the right everything uh to put on a big a big tournament i i posted a deal the other day and and the point was about trailering uh but these guys had 500 boats going out of a, a boat ramp. Now, it takes a lot of money to get something like that going, and you got to have the right sponsors and the right people running it, and, and all that. Because that is a huge amount of boats. Yeah, it is. You know, and and you know, it, it takes a lot of people to pull something like that off. You know, and I'm I'm sorry. You know, the days of people coming out and just volunteering to do it for free is a thing of the past. You know, it's, it's hard to get people to commit themselves for two or three days and, um, you know, work 16 hours a day and expect them to do it for free. That's right. And, and, you know, I know that a lot of these guys say, well, you know, tournaments ought to be 100% payout. You can't expect people to go out there once a month, twice a month, three times a month, mm -hmm. once a year and spend the hours and the time and burn their gas and use the time up on their phones and do all the stuff to put on a 150 or a 200 boat tournament and not get something out of their investment. It, it, even their time, their investment in gas and whatever it is, it is a lot of work to put on a big tournament. And people have to understand that when these guys are doing this stuff for free, they could be out and making a living. Right. And uh, that that's where it's at. And uh, it, kudos to them guys that want to do it. We've done it for a long time, and we didn't really make any money off of it. And, and that was because that's how we chose to do it. But there comes a time when uh, you can't buy all the, the meals out and the gas to and from and motel rooms and this and that uh, and not get something back. There just, there just comes a time when it costs too much. That's right. And, and you know, and with us, with us getting involved, you know, like we have, I mean, you know, we come out there and, and we can make a show out of it. You know, I mean, it, we can really, you know, we can set our stuff up. I've got oh, the, personnel, yeah. the experienced personnel to come out there to put on a show, you know, to make the guys that's fishing this thing feel like that they're fishing, a, you know, a truly professional event. And that's what we go for on our tournament services side of fish life is that, you know, when, when, when you come up there, you know, to a, an event we're working, we want you to feel like that, you know, that you're on top of the world. You know, we want you to feel like that, you know, by God, I'm here. I'm going to, I'm going to get up on that stage. That's right. Uh, and that's what we want. And that's what, you know, me and my whole crew, every event we do, that's, we strive to make everybody feel as good as they possibly can. And also taking care of the fish. Well, I, I'm going to tell you there, there's no better feeling to go to a weigh-in, uh, if, if you're in a, a tournament and you've got a quality fish or a really good uh, bag of fish that you're going to weigh and and uh, pull through that weigh-in line and visit with you guys for a couple of minutes and then move on out so the fish can be taken care of, that's a great feeling for the fishermen. I've never been to a tournament set up like that to where if there was a crowd, and there usually is, that they wasn't impressed with what you had, whether it was great big or not. You still spent the time and effort and energy to go out and catch those fish, and everybody wants to see them. Right. That's right. And that's what I keep harping on. I, you know, 
is that, you know, in, in the catfishing community, where the anglers are considering a fish they got a bad fish, to the audience and the, the fans out there, even a bad fish is a good fish. You know, That's right. I mean, you know, you hold up a 20-pound catfish, you know, you're upset. Oh, my God, all I caught was this little old 20-pound fish. But when you hold it up <laughs> out there, you know, all the, the people out there, the, you know, the spectators and all that's there, they're like, wow, that's a 20-pound fish. That's right, and, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's the wow factor that this sport yep. has got going for it. That is just so cool. Well, you know, I've been to bass weigh-ins and stuff, and the big fish, and a lot of times – them tournaments, a big fish will weigh three or four pounds. And, and you go to a crappie tournament, a guy will catch a 14 or 16-inch crappie, and that's huge crappie. Yeah. But if you're holding that 16-inch crappie up or that five, six-pound bass up, and somebody jerks out a 60 or 80-pound blue or flathead, uh, there's, you know, it can eat them both at the same time. There's no comparison is what it is. No. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the wow factor is just yeah. – there's nothing else compares to it. Not fresh water. No, not fresh water. But the, the thing about water. it is, and that's why I'm telling, you know, I'm telling people too that, that I'm talking to about this, is that you know you can come come and catfish, and you're getting a saltwater experience. Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're catching fish that's equivalent to what you see in saltwater. The technique that's right. that you guys are using, fishing for these catfish, is the same thing with their, you know, <laughs> it crosses over into the salt, saltwater water. I mean, it's, That's true. it's just, you know, and, and as I'm telling people this, they're sitting there looking at me like I'm crazy because, you know, they've never heard of such a thing. But, yeah. mm -hmm. my God, we're going to show people. We're going to show them what this is all about. Well, is there a, what we need is for you yeah. to tell the people how to get in touch with you if you if they want you to come down and help them with weigh-in or tournament someplace, how to get in touch with you and how to get in touch with you about the Fish Life products that you guys have. And, and uh, when we're done with the show, uh, if you wouldn't mind, I know I have your, your little thing uh, banner up on, on Catfish Weekly, but um, sometime when you have a chance, go ahead and, and post all that information again for anybody that wants to get in touch with you. But people, I'm telling you, if you ever use these, these products, you will be in love with them. They're great. They're reasonably priced. And a, a, a money-back guarantee. I mean, you can't beat that. I don't care where you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we, we're definitely, you know, we, we want to be more involved in the catfish community. You know, I would love to go do some of the weigh-ins for you know, some of the bigger tournaments and, uh, you know, and be involved on that side of it, too. I believe I had a couple of anglers talking to me about the Rising Sun tournament that went on the same weekend as MRF. And uh, said that there was talk through the crowd up there wanting us to come up there and do that. And you know, I'd love to. I mean, any of the you know the large scale tournaments like that, or whoever it is, I mean, we'd love to do it because it's what we do. Yeah. I mean, we're a third party, and you know, I, I'm here to make the clients look good, and I'm here to take care of the fish, and I'm here to make the anglers feel good about themselves. But uh, well, yeah, but yeah, I mean, all of our stuff is on is www.fishlife.net. All one word: fishlife.net. And um, Y'all gotta kind of gotta forgive me because my my website definitely is not the best looking thing in the world. But you know we make do with what we got. Uh, our Facebook page is Fish Life, all one word. Uh, that's really where we do most of our um, most of our communication stuff. Is, is on Fish Life. 
all of our products are, are available. They're, they're available on our website. But the thing is that, that what everybody needs to remember is I can't ship as cheap as other people can because I, you know, I just, I don't have them shipping agreements with UPS and FedEx and them that, you know, I just, I can't ship as cheap as other people can. So, you know, uh, Bottom Dwellers Tackle, uh, David Ashby over there, he's got all of our products and uh, David can ship a lot cheaper than I can. Uh, so if, you know, if you're interested in any of our products, you know, check out bottomdwellers.com. Uh, uh, David just is about ripping every hair in his head out trying to get that new website up. So uh, he needs all the traffic he can get right now. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll go help old David out. Because I tell you what, I sure felt sorry for him, you know, battling out on that thing. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, I mean, Facebook. I mean, you can even go to my personal uh, Facebook page, uh, Jody Harrison, J O D Y uh, Harrison, H A R I S O N. Uh, you can recognize it because I got the uh, Fish Life logo as my little that little icon thing on Facebook. And, uh, so you, you got mail. Yeah, I got mail. <laughs> I, I, I just sent you. <laughs> my, my, my cell phone number is uh, 205-243-4572. 205-243-4572. Uh, if I don't answer the phone right off, leave me a message because unfortunately, even though I'm all involved in all this other stuff, I do have a real job too that I got to take care of. So if I don't, if I don't answer it right off, probably because my boss is in the office and he don't like to hear me talking about fish life on company time. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, I can I, you know, it, or, or if you just have any questions, I mean, if you have any questions, call. Me. You know, even if you got somebody else's auction system or you're using somebody else's products, that's fine. I mean, if you got a question, call me up. I'll be more happy to help you out anyway. That's what it's all about is taking care of the fish. That's right. I agree 100%. Uh, Jody, there's only one more thing that I want to visit with you about tonight, and, and that would be um, the Winter Blues on Wheeler Tournament. I know that you and Daniel are kind of – working together on this thing and uh, Daniel has put on a great tournament the last few years down there in Alabama and is there anything that you can tell us about to, to uh, get everybody prepared and get them up for this tournament because it is an outstanding event it's the time of year that everybody's dreaming about fishing and you go to Wheeler Lake and catch some that's right you're gonna catch one of the big old blues out of there I tell you man I you know I've been so <clears throat> so blessed, you know, hooking up with Daniel. We've had to have a really good time through all of this. And, um, you know, I'm really glad that, it, that that he didn't let this tournament go this year like you originally talked about doing. But uh, we're excited about it. You know, David Ashby coming on board from Bottom Dwellers. You know, he's doing the uh, big fish pot on that. Uh, I believe that he's it's up, uh, up to $1,000 big fish pot on that. And uh, <clears throat> I can't let the cat out of the bag yet. All I can say is y'all pay attention to the Winter Blues Facebook page because Daniel's going to be making a uh, an announcement that's going to get everybody's attention. Let me just put it like that. We're, we're waiting to finalize everything, you know, get everything signed, sealed, and delivered. But uh, y'all pay attention because Winter Blues is fixed to get really good. Well, now, you know, if this is that big of a deal, maybe you and Daniel need to jump on here one night and enlighten us a little bit. Maybe yeah, that's what we should do. And when you talk to Daniel and tell him to hold off on the uh, hold off on the announcement until we can get back on here and we'll formally announce the uh, everything on your show. 
Yeah, that'll that'd work. be great. Right We'd love to love to have that happen. Yeah. It'd be good for us. It'd be good yeah. for you. And and uh, everybody wants to know about that. Like I say, it's the middle of the winter time. A lot of guys hadn't been out. The northern guys, most of them, been up for a month or two. And and uh, us <laughs> mid mid yeah. states guys, we've been down for a little while. Uh, Chuck, he's lucky enough that he can sneak out of two or three days a month without freezing to death. But some of the rest of us are not quite that fortunate. Yeah, I, you know what's so awesome about it is the date. I mean, because you know, generally, you know, a lot of people get that, you know, between Christmas and New Year's off. You know, so you really right. couldn't ask for a better time the way it's all in there. I mean, you can spend Christmas with your family and get all that done, and you can head on south and come on down here and see us. You know, we'll uh, we'll have us a good time that week before the tournament. And, well, we've we've never been down there and didn't had a good time. Uh, uh, you know. That's a, an ideal place down there. That not only is the fishing good, but those cabins are very reasonably priced, and you can split the cost of them up. The biggest expense you got going to Wheeler, from my perspective, is the gas down there and back. Uh, we usually split them cabins up with a couple, three uh, other fishermen, and uh, you know you can go out to eat. They've got everything in them. You can sit there and and fix your own meals, and we do a little of both. Uh, and it's not. But raping cold down there like it is up it here. Is to us. It's yeah, I mean, oh, it is you, but it's a lot of difference to us, ain't it, Doc? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole lot more. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you something else. I mean, kind of a feather in your guys, you guys' caps too is that the, um, the guy that's over the Alabama State Parks. I think he's he's from from Central Alabama to North Alabama. I think he's over all the parks up there. His son actually fished our college bass series that we used to run, mm -hmm. and I ran into him at the, uh, the Winter Blues tournament we was at last weekend, I mean last year, and this guy was just blown away at all of y'all. He said, I cannot, he said that, he said the lodge has been sold out for a whole week. He said, I can't believe this. He said, this lodge, he said that we never fill up like this. And he said, these people spend money. <laughs> and so I mean, you know, I mean, so I mean, from the, the economic perspective of you know the cities and all looking at it, I mean, you know, they're, they're just blown away at, at all of the people that's coming in from out of state. They're not used to seeing that, right? You know, not in the, the dead part of winter. Of the town, a lot of them are all locals. Yep. So. Rob Rossi said he's on his way down there. He can't wait to get there. I, the, him and uh, I'm not sure who he's fishing with. Do you know how many boats has entered already in the tournament? Uh, last I checked, I think it was 23. That's that's pretty good for a dead part of winter right after Christmas tournament. You know, it's, there's no better way uh, that I can see a celebrate New Year's other than being on Wheeler Lake with a bunch of good fishing friends. I mean, uh, that's just pretty much cut and dry. It's a great, great thing to do and uh, get to go down there and give Chuck some stuff because he'll be there. I know Chuck's always going to be there. Well, I tell you, I'm, and I'm going to ask. I need a, I need a favor from you guys too. Is that sure? You know, this tournament. Last last year we had 78 boats in this tournament, and you know we just we really need to put out a plea to everybody to please please come to this tournament. We need good numbers for this, so we can take these numbers to these you know these economic development commissions up here, and you know the the, the convention and visitors bureau. And, and really show these kind of these people the kind of turnouts that we can have. Um, you know, the, the more boats that we can get to show up for this one, it's more 
documentation that Daniel and I is going to be able to have to take to these people. And what, what that all ends up with is that more money that we can ask for to bring these tournaments to these cities. And the more money we can ask for, the more money we can give away. Right. Which is what we're looking at. So, you know, we just, we need everybody to show up that we can. I mean, you know, I'm, I put a please, please show up for this tournament. We need y'all, you know, to be able to do the things that we, we want to do with this. And, you know, I promise you guys, if y'all show up, you support us, you know, I will do everything I can to support y'all. And, you know, I, I think I can speak for Daniel, too. I don't think that I don't think he would disagree at all, but uh, you know we we really need to exceed that 78 votes, you know, so we can show it as a trend of this thing growing every year. I see no reason why there shouldn't be at least 100 votes of that tournament minimum every year. Uh, I I really don't. It's if it's so much fun down there. I mean. Uh, you just kind of leave the door open and people run in and out down there and it's over new year's weekend. It just don't get a lot better than that. Right. You're right. I mean, you, you, you can't ask for anything better. And nope. you know, it's just, it, it, this tournament's got everything going for it. And, and like I said, and the fish are always biting down there that time of the year. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to put this out there because a lot of people know it. I've told this story a couple of times, but i got a good friend of mine, John Nordyke, that went down there a week before the tournament two years ago, put 105 in the boat with uh, uh, Jason Bur uh, Bridges. Uh, there is some great fish in that lake. And uh, if you've been sitting around and, and you're wanting to – to figure out how you can go fishing or if you need to go to Florida or whatever, all you got to go is to Wheeler Alabama, Lake in Alabama over the first weekend of the, of the month and, and jump in there and get you some of it. Cause it is a great time. Uh, and there's a little restaurant down there that's outstanding place to eat. There's a lot of good places to eat down there, but everything is, is reasonable. It's just like buying the stuff around. Hey, it's not the trip down there and back is the most expensive part of it for us. And it's a great time. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's not a tourist town. It's not a town that's going to try to rape you, you know, every time you come in there. But you know, the, this, this catfishing thing is the best. It's the best kept secret in Alabama. <laughs> I, I'm so amazed, and, and Chuck has told us stories about down there uh, how hard it is to keep tournaments going down there. And with the fisheries you guys got, I'm blown away that there's not a tournament somewhere down there every weekend. Yeah. Well, it's not. I mean, you know, the, the, our, our unfortunately, our lakes are, you know, we're, we're just so saturated in bass fishing. That, that's all that this state has ever known is bass fishing. And I'm not putting it down. I mean, I don't feel right. like I'm doing that. But, you know, it's just there. there's more to it than what a lot of people see. And, and I mean, I think that this is something that it it's just itching to explode is what I see. I mean, it, it is. Just, the, the stars need to align right with the moon and, and I think when it does that, you know, that the top's going to blow off of it. But I mean, you, you look right at, there, you know, you had the MRM tournament going on, had 184 votes in it. You had the Rising Sun tournament going on that same weekend. There was what, 164 in that one. Several. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you know, in, in one weekend in two places, you had well over 300 votes, you know, out doing this. And that's not counting all the other people that just couldn't make it. So, I mean, it'll, that's right. Yeah, it'll, that's right. Then, Turn around a month later, and Aaron Wheatley puts 192, I believe it was, or 94 right. on yeah. on Owensboro, Kentucky, and and I mean, uh, we're right there. We're, yeah, we're there. Catfishing is, and 
you guys have got an excellent venue down there. The, you kind of got the market cornered on New Year's weekend, and you got the market cornered at that time of the year for Wheeler Lake. And and uh, I, I anticipate seeing 100 boats down there without any problem at all. And if you can do that for New Year's when everybody's supposedly out partying and drinking and doing whatever whatever it is they do, if you can put 100 boats uh, from all over the United States down there, that's a heck of a good job. That's right. There's no doubt. So I, I think we can do it, but we just, you know, we got to have the angler support. We we really need the guys to come out, and you know, I promise you, you, you do us this favor, and we will make it well worth it for you. It and, and it's going to be a great time. It really is. Jody, I I, I want to thank you for coming on Catfish Weekly with Chuck and Doc and I. It's been a great time visiting with you. We've covered a lot of territory from from uh, running catfishing tournaments and weigh-ins to uh, oxygen systems and, and fish life products. And uh, I knew it would be a great show. I, I just had the feeling, and after talking to you today, I, I knew that we'd never get it covered in an hour either. But uh, and that's okay because uh, it, it, the stuff that we went over tonight was really good. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on here and helping us out bring out the, the information that you have put out here because uh, I realize that you you do some of this to, to offset uh, some of the costs of stuff and you don't have to tell people this stuff and we appreciate it. And uh, there's, there's going to be a time when everybody has oxygen systems and they're going to have these chemicals and stuff in their boats and it's going to be a great deal for all of us and, and uh, you being a part of it is awesome to me. Well, this, this is an honor for me to be here. I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're telling me thank you I mean, I'm the one that tells y'all thank you for welcoming me into the sport. I mean, it's a great bunch of people. It's a, it's a great sport, and, you know, it, it's just an honor for me to be involved. I mean, anything I can do to help, I'm here to do it. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we just got to gotta take care of our fish. That's, That's exactly do. right. You're 100% correct. You're spot on, and you're everything we're looking for to make it work. <laughs> That's right. You know, and, I mean, I think Dave Hart, he said it best at the uh, – at the first catfish conference, he said that the very first thing he said in his seminar is, is that it's the angler's responsibility to take care of their fish. And That's right. If you're going to if you're going to catfish, then you need to do what you what you got to do to have a system that be able to take care of. That's right. That's that's 100 percent correct. That's right. so, but well, Joey, yeah, thank you yeah, again Joey, for yeah. joining us. Well, go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, Jody threw a tournament for me about what five years ago. We had what six boats show up. I had six boats. That's right. Six but boats. Six boats. I, I well, think it was. I think no, it was longer than that. So I got five year old son. Yeah, it's about it's five like, or six years ago. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more about like seven or eight years. Ago. Yeah. Mike <laughs> Mitchell caught Mike, Mike Mitchell caught a sixty-five or something. Him yeah. and his son. <laughs> yeah. And we rolled out. We rolled out our little white hand stand and. Mike Mitchell threw that big old fish up there, and I just kind of looked at my ex-partner and said, what the heck are we going to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> the, the little old scales we had, we had to weigh the fish one at a time. Yeah, the, wow. uh, the, the guard from the dam thought Jody had a bomb in his trailer. know <laughs> <laughs> what, what we was doing down there with a trailer. Yeah. Yeah, so. the things you'll never forget though to a hundred years from now if you were all around you'll still be laughing about that stuff that's right that's right that's exactly right i think the little old tub that we we always used to wear a fish on i think we busted our tub hauling the fish <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had fun yeah that, that, 
that started the uh, the uh, the cold front. I mean, that was the first cold front. We ain't quit since. Everyone we go to is a cold front ever since. That's right. But you know, I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, you looking back on that right now. I mean, you know, it's Chuck that got us involved in this all them years ago. I mean, you know, I met Chuck years ago on a fishing forum, and you know that that's where it all started. And you know, and I mean, Chuck has been a you know, a, a really good ambassador to the sport, you know, just constantly pushing it and pushing it and pushing it like he does. I mean, you know, Chuck deserves a lot of recognition for everything he's done in the sport, and, you know, and what he's done. So yep. it wasn't for him. I'd have never met Daniel, and you know, me and Daniel would never ended up where we're at. So, you know, Chuck Davidson, Buck. All right. Heck yep. yeah, man. I'll be running. I'll be running for president in four years. <laughs> if, you do, if you hurry up and get involved, you can have my boat this year. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joe. Want to get out of here? Thanks so much for helping us out tonight. And and uh, when you get ready to do the big announcement for that tournament, you let me know. All right, I'll definitely do it. I'll talk. Matter of fact, I'll text Daniel right now and tell him to keep his car his uh, cards close to his chest for now. Heck yeah, that'll be awesome. Right. Thanks again, Jody. We appreciate everything you do for the sport. All right, thank y'all so much. Y'all do a great job. Thank you, Jody. Oh, thanks. Man, that is some good news they got going on down there with that tournament. Jody Harrison does a wonderful job doing them weigh-ins and stuff, and and uh, I've been to two or three of his tournaments, and every time I go, he's picked up, the, and it's better than the last one. He, they done a really good job down in Memphis, don't you guys think? It was just yeah, really cool. Yeah, great. It was great. Everything was pretty smooth and, and went along, and, and uh, they would do bass tournaments and stuff for a long time. But he picked up on his catfish stuff real, really fast. If he was a tournament angler and he picked up on catching them fish as fast as he did about how to weigh in them tournaments, we'd be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Chuck, what have you got tonight for closing statements? Um. The Alabama, I think they're calling it the Alabama Classic. Uh, it's the uh, Hold'em Hook Trail, and Daniel's last Alabama Catfish Trail event is going to be at Gunnersville this coming Saturday, uh, going out of the state park. Uh, you can go to the Hold'em Hook uh, Facebook page or the Alabama Catfish Trail Facebook page, either one, and uh, Steve Dobbs and Daniel's got all the information on there. Uh, if you want to go fish uh, the Big G Saturday and um, have a really good time. Awesome. Awesome. That all you got for this evening? That's all I got. All right, man. Uh, Doc, I know you got some stuff you want to go over. You fished this weekend, so you definitely got something to talk about. Yeah, we didn't do bad. Uh, had a good time. But the fish definitely had lockjaw. I thought it was me at first, but uh, my buddy Bink Fox, he was over on the uh, Ravenswood pool, and they were having their Ohio Hills uh, championship this past weekend. And after I talked to him, I didn't feel so bad. Um, it was it ended up Janet and Bink won that tournament. Uh, they had 55.6 pounds. Uh, they also had the big fish, which was a blue and it was 29.8 pounds. Um, I think Bink said they, they only had like four or five bites, uh, and, and I guess most of the boats were like that. 
uh, Matthew and Zach Reed were in second place with 40 pounds. And third place was Jerry and Kelly at 39 pounds. So uh, it was a tough, tough bite. Uh, it started at 8 o'clock in the morning. He's got a different kind of format he's fished. He fished it last year, and it worked out really great. Uh, they start at like 8 a.m. in the morning. They fish till 3. They have a weigh-in, and then they take about a two-hour break, start back up about 6, and then fish till midnight. So, uh, you know, it gives them time to get off the water and go grab something to eat. And uh, works. it seems to work out pretty good. But, uh, yeah, Janet and Bink uh, ended up winning that. And that was in Ravenswood, West Virginia. So Outstanding. They, they, yeah. Janet and Bink got it going on, man. They've been on fire this whole year, been doing really well. We're yeah. all proud of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, being a Black Horse Pro staffer, makes it that much even better so does for me i'm so happy with them guys you know even if janet is a reds fan <laughs> yeah no cardinals man that's for sure <laughs> yeah not this year they're running yeah. out of fans <laughs> yeah and uh doc's tip for the night we're going to talk about this little jewel right here and that is your boat plug uh i like to use the t-handles just for the fact that I can get a little bit more on them. But, guys, you know, if you forget this thing, uh, you can get pretty nervous real quick. So, uh, and we've all done it. I, I yep. swear, I think everybody has forgot to put this thing in. Uh, one thing is don't panic. Keep the boat moving forward, and the water won't come in. It's always rushing out. Uh, you just got to come along and <laughs> real quick to the dock and have your partner jump off to go get the vehicle so you can put that boat up on the trailer. But uh, the biggest thing that I tell people is change these things. Only use them for a year because this rubber has a tendency of breaking down. And and if if you keep using them over and over, and I, I, I keep four and five of these on a boat, uh, mainly because, you know, I, I've been to so many tournaments, and somebody has broken this plug. You know, it, it lets go, the rubber lets go, and it, it just, you know, so, you know, I, I think I've handed more of these things out than I've used on my <laughs> boat. So, uh, you know, th these things only run about five bucks, good $5 worth of insurance right there. So that's Doc's tip for the night, your boat plug. That's a great tip, and, and anybody that doesn't have one of those and a spare with them, they should have. Yeah. Because you can drop it in the lake. If you forget to put it in, you load the boat up, and you go to put it on there, you drop it in the lake, you still don't have one. Yeah. So yeah. everybody should have one in there. And and uh, Rob Rossi says he's got a 2,000-gallon-per-hour pump for his bilge because he's been through all that and, I, and i've done it i've done it a couple of times you know one time the uh, first boat i ever had had two drain plugs in it my on the mississippi river my brother went with me and he said you got the plug in the boat i said yeah i put the plug in the boat and uh, i launched him off and he was standing there i come walking back down the ramp and he's out of the boat standing there holding on he said hurry up i said what he said i thought you said you put the plug in the boat i said i did put the plug in the boat he said what's this 
I said, that must that was an extra one. He said, this thing's got two holes in it someplace because they were filling up. And we run up and down the river until we run all the water out. And once the water got out, you could you could see there was two plugs in that boat. Oh, uh, wow. It was an old glass tron that I'd bought from a guy. And, and I had, you know, you put the plug in a boat, you're not thinking it's going to leak. But that one sure did. It had uh, it had two plugs. And it's the only boat that I've ever seen like that. And, uh, you know. I didn't forget it, and we was over Springfield, Illinois, at Lake Springfield with Lucky Joe Lucky and Jerry Klein and all them guys fishing a night tournament, and I launched our boat off, and I told Cindy, I said, damn, here's the plug. I forgot to put it in, and we, I got out in that water that night, uh, and it wasn't terribly cold, but about midnight, it was pretty brisk because I never did dry out, and I put it in the boat, just run the boat up on the ramp, and and put the plug in, and, and it didn't get a lot of water in it or anything, but I got sure enough got wet, and that's one of the very few times that we ever left the tournament early. Uh, the fishing wasn't any good for us that night, and I was about to freeze my patootie off, so we loaded the boat, and we went on home that night. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, good times, good yep. times. Um, I don't really have anything going on. I just want everybody to remember to, to go down to Wheeler Lake if you get over New Year's weekend, if you get a chance. And them guys have a great tournament down there. And I promise you, you won't have any more fun than what's going to be down there that time of the year. Uh, guys can talk about going out and, and partying all they want to. But if you're a fisherman and you fish for catfish and you want to catch a good one, Wheeler Lake's a good place to do it. And there's no better weekend to do it. Uh, and that's all I got for this evening. For Chuck Davis and Doc Lang, I'm Lyle Stokes. Join us next week. We're going to have Joey Pounders and Jake Gallup on here. We're going to be talking about catching flatheads, so don't want to miss that. Night, everybody. <laughs>